what just happened? It is April 4th in 2022, and this is the second day in a row of the Lunduke Journal podcast. Oh, it feels good to be getting back into a nice, steady, podcasty rhythm of joy. Today, we're going to talk about no news. There's no bad news, no good news, just no news today. Because talking about news stuff, even when it's tech news, sometimes can just be dech. Sometimes you just need to focus on some of the things about the computers in front of us that made us fall in love with them in the first place. And so today I want to talk about one of those things for me, and that is taking Linux, taking a stock Linux desktop, whatever your distro, I don't care. All distros are welcome except Gentoo. Every single distro in the world can be here, just not Gentoo. And we're going to take those Linux distros and we're going to make them look like retro operating systems, right? Like I, I've been writing a series of articles and at, all over at the Lunduke Journal, come on, you know the drill. Go to lunduke.substack.com and subscribe. If you haven't subscribed there yet, the amount of stuff you're missing out on is obscene. It is it's literally the all of the best things on the internet are happening right there. I'm not kidding about that. It's fantastic. So go go over there right now, lunduke.substack.com. I've got a whole bunch of articles there on this very topic. We're going to talk about some of that stuff tonight. And, and if you subscribe, you want to do that right now. It's 70% off all month long in honor of inflation because inflation is crummy and high gas prices are terrible. So I've made, if you, I made it so if you, if you get an annual subscription to the Lunduke Journal right now, the, the annual subscription, if you break it down monthly, it's $1.25, which is less than the cost of gas like 30 years ago. So go, go right now and subscribe, because it's it's ridiculous. You literally, it is current. It is like one fifth the cost of gas right now. So of a gallon of gas. So go go do that right now. You get a whole bunch of free eBooks, uh, including uh, two books filled with just like Linux satire. So if you want, if you want PDF files, they can do whatever you want with. They have no DRM on them because DRM is dumb. Uh, and just that just make you laugh about Linux and computery things. Go go get that. Plus you get Linux Tycoon 3, which is uh, the most ASCII and ANSI art heavy game I've ever made. And I love it so much. <laughs> there's just there's just so much ridiculous. It basically you manage your own Linux distribution. It's Linux Tycoon, but you manage your own Linux distribution in the future um, with tactical nuclear warheads and ground assaults and uh, denial of service attacks and viruses and, you know, your usual stuff like going to conventions and things like that. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, uh, go go get it. It's all it's all free if you subscribe. Like it's a it's like a perk for everyone who who pays to subscribe to the, the London Journal, which is super cheap. So you have to do it. Anyway, OK, let's talk about retro systems because they're amazing. There is there is something wonderful about retro computers and whatever 
school of computers you come from, whether it's DOS or Windows or Amiga or Atari or Macintosh or, or you come from like the hardcore Unix workstation world, wherever you come from, whatever your computer lineage, computers are amazing. The old computers, there's something about the aesthetic of the older machines. And a lot of that I recognize is the nostalgia of it all right we we yearn for those simpler better times of the the 90s or the 80s or for some of us the 70s and we we just look at that and we we yearn for that to recapture the magic of of the homebrew computer club scenes of the of the 70s and 80s of the of the computer user groups of the 90s and early 2000s like we 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 want to get that again but a lot of it is also the simplicity, the the hard lines and edges, the, the design aesthetics of the 80s and 90s and even into the early 2000s is just so significantly different than what we have today, than what most systems look like today. And so what I've been doing is I've been going down my list of operating systems, specific versions of them that people yearn for, that they feel nostalgic for. And I've been trying my best to find the absolute most authentic ways to turn a Linux desktop into those systems, right? So what I've got so far is articles that detail exactly how to do that for Windows 95, Mac OS 9 and Mac OS 8, uh, Amiga OS, multiple versions of Amiga OS, BOS, and I just published today one for Windows XP. And I should preface this by saying, I absolutely hate the look of Windows XP. I know so many people have really fond feelings for Windows XP. I just don't. <laughs> like I, I worked at Microsoft for uh, about half a decade and I worked specifically on Windows 2000. Um, I also was around during the Windows ME period of time. I don't have many fond feelings about that one, but I have a lot of fond feelings about Windows 2000. And Windows 2000 really looks and feels, for the most part, like Windows 95. Windows 95, NT4, and NT5, which got renamed into Windows 2000, kind of all share... Uh, a similar design aesthetic. There's a few changes, particularly in some color schemes and some icon sets and some couple, a couple of line changes here and there, but they have that general same look and feel. So I really love the idea of making a Linux desktop look like Windows 95. And I've got an article where you can do that. I'll, I'll link to it um, uh, in like uh, for this video on YouTube. I'll link to it uh, for everyone else. Just go to lunduke.substack.com and just search for Windows 95 or something like that. You'll you'll find the full articles there. In fact, actually, if you find my article entitled Make Linux Look Exactly Like Windows XP, right at the top of that article, I link to all the other articles for all the different systems. So it's all right there. Anyway. So Windows XP 
I it, to me it looks like a Fisher Price toy, right? It looks the 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 blues and the greens and the the lines and the the close and minimize and maximize buttons on the window title bars and all of it and the the way the progress bars look with the with that green like segregated little blocks of green in the progress bar like ugh, I just I just don't love it. Like I I recognize why people love it, but I don't. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I personally think Windows 3.1 looks great. <laughs> so who am I to judge, right? <laughs> I don't I have no business judging anyone else's taste in computer design aesthetics if I'm over here thinking Windows 3.1 looks gorgeous. <laughs> I I fully recognize that that is absurd. Um and so so here's here's what I say. If you like or are nostalgic for Windows XP, go check it out. And why 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 I bring this all up is there are a lot of people that that will apply like a retro computer theme to their their Linux system, whether they're running GNOME or you know XFCE or KDE or what have you, they'll apply apply a retro computer theme to it and then just call it done, and that's fine if you're trying to create sort of a an homage to those retro systems or a work of fan fiction that's loosely based on those retro systems, right? It's like it's sort of like like if you're trying to like make all those new. Sh- Star Trek shows that Paramount makes nowadays that aren't really Star Trek, but are just kind of loosely based on Star Trek, but they're not really Star Trek. That's what it's like when you just apply, um, let's say, a Windows XP theme to your to your Linux desktop. Yeah, it reminds you of that older system, but it's not going to look quite right. There's a few things that people miss that you really have to do in order to make a system look just right. And these are important little things. And the, one of the big things that everyone misses is the font. You've got, if you're, if you're trying to mimic an old school system, you've got to use the, the right font. And, and so like I put this in the, in the article here um, for the Windows XP side of things. The Windows XP default font is called Tahoma. If you, as soon as you see Tahoma written, you're like, oh, oh yeah, I've, I've recognized that in a couple of versions of Windows, including Windows XP. And if you, if you have, let's say, um, a Windows XP themed s- system, but you apply your, your, your standard default desktop font, so all the icons on your desktop and everything was something like Times New Roman, it's going to look wrong. Times New Roman is a great font. But it's going to look wrong. It has to be Tahoma to make it look like Windows XP. There's no other choice here. <laughs> you know what I mean? The same is true of the cursor. And, and some systems you can get away with not doing a whole lot with the cursor because it, between certain systems, cursors, like the mouse cursors, the mouse pointers, they, they're, they're somewhat similar. But there's a couple of systems where they are just wildly wildly different like like for example for example let's say you have an amiga system right or you're trying to make linux look like an amiga system and you get the window borders just right 
and you and you use a nice Amiga color palette, right? You get the right kinds of blues and everything going on. And you get the right, let's say, GTK theme going on where the buttons look a little Amiga-y. Okay, great. But then you move your mouse around and you see this little white pointed, pointed arrow floating around. It doesn't look like an Amiga anymore. Because in the Amigas, the cursor was red. And if people just don't, like you almost don't realize that until you're sitting there at your machine and you've done all this work to theme it out and it's just not right because <laughs> it's not a red cursor and it's got to be a particular kind of red cursor. So like I've got, um, I've got a, a thing here where you, uh, for doing Amigas and uh, whether you're doing Amiga OS, the first Amiga OS, like 1.3 or 3.0, uh, you've got to have the right kind of cursor or at least a cursor that that uses the right colors and the right general shapes. These are important little things. Uh, you, you just, you have to get these things right. Otherwise, what's the point in making it look like an old system if you do that? Uh, BOS is the same way, right? If you use, if you remember BOS or BOS or however you wanna say it, it had the weirdest cursor in the world. It was a hand with an outstretched pointer finger. <laughs> And it looked really cool, but that was what the cursor looked like. Now, if you have a system, and, and I've, I've got this in the article here, where you know you can get your icons just right, and that's important. You get your fonts just right, and, the, and your window title bars. And with BOS, your window title bars have to be specific because it, the title bars have to be tabs. Uh, you can't have a title bar that stretches all the way across the, the whole width of a window. It has to just be a yellow tab uh, of, uh, of general, of like a an adjustably resizable based on how much text is in the title of a window title bar. Um, uh, uh, that's how wide it has to be. And it's to be yellow, right? And uh, it takes a while to find a good theme that, that can accomplish that. But if you're just moving around this little this little pointed cursor, it doesn't look right. You have to have this hand, this weird little hand with this little outstretched finger. And it's just, it's wicked bizarre. So anyway, I've been, I've been going through and, and cataloging these things of how to make these systems look truly right. Not just a little like the old retro systems, but exactly like it. Um, now, Windows 95 and, and Windows XP... I think we've got it nailed down. Uh, and and a lot of that is because those were really popular systems. And because they were so stinking popular, uh, people have put a lot of effort into recreating those look and feels with the right GTK themes and, you know, the right Metacity themes and the right icon sets and all of it. Some of the other ones are a little more difficult. Um, and there's a few reasons for that because they, they tend to use different... Um, general design ideas than most Linux desktops. Because whether we realize it or not, most Linux desktops, the design methodology around them, the general workflow, uh, having a bar where your windows get minimized to, having a, a sort of a system tray where, where little mini icons and status widgets and the time and the clock and your Wi-Fi strength and everything goes, and, and, and having some sort of a button you press that launches a menu of some sort to launch other applications that's all very Windows 95. That is extremely Windows 95. And, and uh, most desktops tend to be based 
around that design methodology. And so taking, say, uh, Mate, which is just GNOME 2, or uh, KDE, or XFCE, or LXDE, or any of these other desktop environments, and theming them to make them look like that Windows 95 and every version of Windows thereafter, for the most part, except for Windows 8, which got weird, um, and, and make it look like that, it's actually pretty straightforward. It's more about, it's really the look and feel that you're changing. Mac OS is a little different because it takes the menu bars and sticks them up in the top of the screen. That's an issue. Um, and, and and there's just there's also the control strip. If you're not a Mac user, you don't necessarily know what that is, but it's this little adjustable collapsible strip that tended to be placed on the bottom left-hand edge of a, of a computer screen, though not always, uh, that put a lot of like easy access items. It sort of took the place of what uh, would be like your your system tray where or where you have like little status indicators and whatnot. And in re replicating that in a Linux system, is not something you can easily do with simply a theme. You can get it kind of close, though. So like in, in the article around Mac OS 9, I get it looking pretty darn close. We get the font right. Uh, we get the general look and feel right. The window borders right. The buttons right. The icons right. It all looks pretty close. And in fact, we can get the the the, the top title bar on the screen, that, that top Mac menu bar. We can get it looking roughly like that really close not perfect but really close but not necessarily with all of the menus from all applications put up there so it's never it's never quite exactly classic mac getting at that it, it just doesn't work the same is true of amiga os a lot of people like don't really necessarily remember the amiga os but it had a a set of very peculiar ways that you interact with the windows that buttons that help you rearrange like the window order um and and it had this it had a rollover menu at the top of the screen and it was just it was it was a very different system so recreating that exactly the whole workflow and making it just right it's wicked hard I get it pretty close. I get it pretty close. Uh, Windows 95 and XP is dead on. BOS is pretty close. Um, Amiga OS is pretty close. And Mac OS 9, other than the menu issue and the control strip issue, is really close. And uh, I'm going to keep going with these. I find, I find the process of recreating um you know these these the the look and feel of older systems on my personal linux system to be immensely gratifying and just super super fun and it, and it's it's a fun rabbit hole to go down because so many people have worked on this so i i try and scour the web to find the best the best themes the best icon sets the sets the po best pointers uh the best uh, the best fonts to use all of it and just document it and i'm going to keep adding to this um, because why not, right? Because because computers should be fun. They should represent who we are or who we feel like, and they should be something that we we love to use. And some for some of us, that is changing the look and feel of them constantly. For others, it is getting a set look and feel and sticking to it. Um, and you know, a lot of us just we yearn for those old days, and it makes us smile when we see like a uh, Mac OS 8 looking Linux setup, right? Right? Uh, because, man, that platinum look of Mac OS 8, mm, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful system.
So next up, next up, I'm, I'm trying to get a good Windows 3.1 look going because like I said, I love that look. It's actually kind of difficult. Now there are, there are good, good starting points here. Like for example, if you start with XFCE as a desktop, XFCE has a piece of functionality that you can you can change a setting. So when you minimize a window, it minimizes to an icon on your desktop. Ah, now we're getting a little more Windows old schooly, right? Okay, okay, or uh, or uh, or old school OS two e even. And actually, XFCE is by far the best desktop environment to use as a starting place to make your system look like retro systems. And part of that is that XFCE is just very, very modular and customizable. It just really is. It's really easy just to make it look like whatever you want as long as whatever you want is old school bitmaps, you know, computer themes, right? If you want to go down that road, which is basically all computer operating systems prior to like the year 2000, XFCE is real hard to beat, um, uh, but it, so it's so it's a it's a good place to start. But it also has some extra features like that minimize to an icon thing. the The problem is in in recreating Windows three point one, you don't really have the equivalent of the program manager. Uh, the program manager is just you know, within Windows 3.1, if you've never really used it, it's a whole different paradigm than Windows 95 and onward, right? There is no start button. There's no menu filled with programs. There's no applications getting minimized to some sort of a taskbar. None of that exists. You have a singular window that contains, that you can make you can move it around or inside of it is other windows that you can move around inside those windows that contain all the icons and icon groups for all your applications. And some, we almost need to build our own program manager that, that mimics the windows 3.1 functionality that like ties into all the dot desktop files that, that gnome and, and all the various other desktop environments use pulls them in, and organizes them in a program manager styled way. Because if you get that, we've got themes. There are good Windows 3.1 window decorator themes, and there are good Windows 3.1 GTK 2 and 3 themes, which means you can get applications generally, not perfect, but generally looking pretty close to Windows 3.1 and 3.1.1. But we need a program manager to really take the whole experience to the next level. So I'm kind of looking at that right now, trying to figure out how, how much work that would be. Because <laughs> it's really tempting to do it, you know? Um, I don't know if I will or not, but I'm, man, am I tempted. Um, and, and, you know, we've got the fonts and, and the icons. That all, that all we can do. It's sort of like with, you know, Amiga OS. We kind of need to do a custom bit of development into an into our own piece of of uh, that top title bar, that top menu bar that happens on an Amiga OS screen on the Amiga workbench in order to make the, the whole experience look just right. A theme just isn't going to take us across the finish line there. You know what I mean? Uh, now, now, what is kind of interesting is there are some systems that are so easy to replicate, and I haven't written an article on this yet, because we have uh, 
things in existing desktop environments that are almost just like it. And case in point is OS2 Warp version 3. So OS2 Warp version 3 um, was, you know, the first version of OS2 developed solely by IBM. After IBM and Microsoft did the big breakup because they built OS2 together, right? Um, but OS2 Warp version 3 was IBM's own baby. And now OS2 Warp 3 used a UI that was startlingly similar to HP UX and the common desktop environment, CDE. It had this little shelf, this little movable shelf that, that generally had kind of a, you know, your, your virtual desktops, your workspaces, and then it has a set of icons, two icons generally on each side of, uh, of kind of the center console. But it was this little tiny shelf that you can move around that you could use to launch applications, open up file managers, print things, interact with your, your clipboard, all that sort of stuff. It was your movable utility shelf. And both CDE and OS2 had that. And it looks almost identical. It's not quite, but it's really close. So what you can do is you can take common desktop environment, CDE, and then apply an OS2 window manager and GTK and Qt theme on top of that for OS2 Warp 3, then put on OS2 icons, use the OS2 fonts, uh, replace it with OS2 pointers, and you've got a system that is, gosh, startlingly similar to OS2. It's not exact. It's not a hundred percent. Like I, I would, I would put it at ninety-five percent accurate. So I'm, I'm working on an article for OS2 Warp Three right now, and then things start to get a little harder <laughs> because I want to go back further. I want to do the ability to make my Linux desktop look like Gem for the Atari line, right? The like the Atari ST, like the Falcon and all that. I want to make it like that cuz there cuz Gem from Digital Research is a uh, is the single tasking GUI operating system kind of like the original Macintoshes. But the Atari version of it had a whole bunch of colors and was really a quite attractive looking desktop. But there is currently that I've found no sets of themes, icons, and whatnot that mimic that look and feel. So I'm going to have to sit down and buckle up and make my own themes for all of it, make my own GTK theme and whatnot. So I'm going to have, a, I'm going to have a bit of work to be able to accomplish that. I have kind of the same thing going on. I want to accomplish the original Macintosh style, like the old system software up through like system six, right? Where everything is black and white no grayscale, no colors whatsoever in the design elements. Buttons are, are outlines of buttons. There's no gradients and shadows and 3D looking elements. No, it's, it's these outlines, right? I want to see if I can make it. So like, like I want to make it so when you sit down at a Linux desktop, it kind of looks like you're sitting at a, at the, in front of a Macintosh Plus, a Mac Plus, right? How cool would that be? How cool? Uh, and again, that requires um, pure black and white, very pixelated um, uh, icons, um, a Mac, a black and white Mac style pointers. Uh, we have the fonts. Um, in fact, the font is known as uh, Chicago, was, was kind of like the, the big font. Um, now, what's interesting 
uh, total total side note. Um, if you've ever looked at my comic strips, uh, go to Lunduk Journal uh, or Lunduk.substack.com and look for my comic strips. Just scroll down or search for comics or whatnot. I've got a ton of them in there. There's also um, a, there's also a, a, a PDF um, that's uh, Lunduk's uh, nerdy dad jokes or something like that. <laughs> What what do you name your books, Lunduk? I don't remember. Um, but it's it's in there. There's a PDF in there, and it's just nothing but my comics that are just nerdy jokes and dad jokes and the like. And my comics are all um, are all uh, uh, three twenty by two hundred resolution. Um, so old school like DOS adventure game style resolution, right? And everything looks kind of like an old school DOS, like Sierra or LucasArts adventure game. But the font I chose to use in those comics is a slightly modified version of the original Chicago font that shipped on the old school Macintoshes. It's a great font for those old systems. Uh, what I do is I take this font call is this old Chicago font um, and and uh, and give it a, a two pixel black border around around all of the text to kind of make it stand out it gives it more of that uh, that LucasArts adventure game look and feel but also I wanted I wanted when people look to looked at my comics to think oh that kind of reminds me of not just an old adventure game that I would play on let's say an Amiga or or DOS or whatnot but for some reason, it reminds me of really, really old Macintoshes, and I can't put my finger on why. Like, that was, that was kind of my goal. I, I include these little hints here and there to Amigas, S, um, Ami, Ataris, um, really old Macintoshes, uh, you know, DOS VGA machines. Uh, I specifically use color palettes that um, are, are meant to allude back to all sorts of different old machines. Most people don't notice these sorts of things. Things. These are little little details I threw into my comics that every now and then, every now and then I'll get an email from someone who's like, what is that font? Or or that little piece of art. Like there's um there's a comic. I know this is a total aside, but there's a comic. Uh, uh, um, well, there's many comics that I do that take place in this coffee shop. And if you look up on the wall, there's a there's a pixelated picture of uh, of Bernard from uh, his version of Bernard in Day of the Tentacle, the old uh, the old uh, adventure game from LucasArts. Uh, and he's just kind of hanging on the wall in the background. I don't ever call it out. I don't ever reference it in the in any of the comic strips. It's just there. And there's just a ton of these things. There's like seven or eight such things in each of the screens in um, uh, uh, when you're in uh, uh, the nerd stuffs, the the little Best Buy knockoff that that exists in the the Lunduke cartoon world. Uh, there's just a whole bunch of things. There's things about the the games on the shelves, the colors of them. There's all of it that are little illusions. There's Cinemaware illusions here and there, and man, I love that stuff. It's it's these little things that some of the things I don't even know if anyone's ever noticed, but I notice, you know. And it's kind of like that when I sit down to, to, to really retro-theme my Linux machine. Other people might not care about those details. Other people might not ever notice those details, but I care. I notice. And they, it matters to me. So anyway, I wanted to talk about that a little bit because I, I find just so much joy in the process of, 
of putting all this together, not just so that my system can look like these old systems, but knowing that other people out there will go through the same process, get their machine looking just like, you know, Windows 95 or something or Amiga OS, and that they'll sit back and smile. Because that's what computers are all about to me, making us smile, having fun with them, making them our own, you know? Um, uh, in fact, uh, by mistake, totally by mistake, as I was putzing around, uh, with the windows XP article, I ended up with this horrible Frankenstein situation. Cause I've got, I've got a virtual machine set up that I do a lot of these in, uh, because inevitably I screw my whole machine up as I'm trying all sorts of different things out and I have to just wipe it all out and start over. So I've got a virtual machine set up. And in this virtual machine, I had both Mac OS 9, Amiga OS, and the stuff for making it look like Windows XP installed. Um, and so at one point, I had uh, the buttons uh, from an Amiga, the window titles, the window decorators from OS 9, and the start menu, and, and the, the background, and the fonts, and the cursors from Windows XP. And it was the most hideous looking thing. <laughs> I can imagine. It was the ugliest my computer has ever been. And that includes when I installed Ubuntu. All right, everybody. Um, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you go. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me tonight, uh, talking about this sort of stuff. It's just so much fun. And seriously, get over to the Lunduke journal and subscribe. Get over there. Go to lunduke.locals.com and join the community. It is so fun. Come hang out with us. Talk about this stuff. Talk about weird programming projects and hardware projects and retro computing projects. There's a guy, there's a guy right now that that just finished restoring his old Osborne One computer. You remember those things? Those luggables before the compact DOS luggables was the Osborne. And oh my gosh, that is just such a beastly beautiful machine. And, and uh, he had this issue happen where, where he screwed up part of it and he kind of panicked, but he managed to, to, to kind of work some soldering magic and fix it back up and, and get it working again and get it booting again. And, and people do that sort of thing. And we all hang out together and support each other and cheer each other on and and get inspired by the crazy nerdiness of each other. So that's all over at lunduke.locals.com. Um, or you can just subscribe at lunduke.substack.com. Either way, you get all the books and the video games, including Linux Tycoon 3 and the first Linux Tycoon and, and all the other good stuff. And there's exclusive articles and podcasts, and it is the best. If you've ever thought about subscribing to a tech publication of any kind, this is the one. I, I, and I'm not just saying that because I created it and I, I want you to. <laughs> it's the one, man. This is the one. It's got Linux. It's got retro computing. It's got, it's got alternative operating systems. It's got all sorts of weird stuff to it. And it 9 out of 10, 9.9 out of 10 things posted to it will either make you laugh or make you smile. Or make you just super excited to try something funky with your computers. Come on over. Come on, hang out with us. Anyway, uh, thanks again for hanging out with me. Uh, for those of you who already subscribed, thank you. means the world to me. And uh, it allows me to keep doing all this craziness that, that, is, that is before you. And uh, yeah, I love you all. You nerds are the best nerds in the world. And I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Good night.